It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. According to today's guest, Mark Nepo, after we are physically born, we must be spiritually born a second time, a process that takes place through the labor of a lifetime. Mark joins us today to talk about how, no matter what is going on in the world around us, we can tap into our inner wisdom and strength for sustenance. Mark is the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening. He was named by Watkins Mind, Body, Spirit as one of the 100 most spiritually influential living people. Mark has appeared on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and traveled the country with Oprah on her The Life You Want tour. His new book is The Book of Soul, Creating a Path to What Matters. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to be with you again, for sure. So, Mark, your new book, The Book of Soul, it's truly something that is called for today with all of the fear and illness and uncertainty that's resulted from the coronavirus pandemic, it's more important than ever for us to learn to turn inward for strength. So let's start off there. What advice do you offer to nourish our listeners and to help them stay strong through all of these challenges? Yeah, so so let's, let's talk for a second about, you know, and this has helped me understand, and sometimes I hear people have said to me, you know, I don't have time for an inner life. There's so much going on. It's, you know, everything is so crisis. And, and I, you know, I feel deeply all the traditions have said this is exactly when we need to turn inward. And why? Well, think of a tree, a strong, big, like redwood tree. And, you know, we know that a tornado or a hurricane can upend a tree, but most of the time they're, they, they don't. And why? Because they have deep roots and a wide trunk. And that's why we need an inner life to deepen our roots and strengthen our trunk so the rest of who we are in the world doesn't get toppled by the unexpected storms. So how do we do that? Well, it's it's individual for everyone, but I think one of the things, and this is, you know, from my other work, I'm 69, in my 30s, I almost died from a rare form of lymphoma, and I've been surprised, I guess, that emotionally, a lot of what we're all going through as humanity are things that I felt they echo things that I went through individually, and I'm sure anyone who went through kind of what I did would. Um, So, you know, there's this constant, this constant low-level fear that's everywhere, you know, and and I think one of the challenges for all of us, we're not going to eliminate fear. Fear has its proper place, but we as humans we always inflate our fear. Mm-hmm. We always make it worse. You know, if I talk to, if I ask my fear what I should do, it's going to tell me be more afraid. Right. <laughs> because fear is to be moved through, not obeyed. And so we have to feed more than our fear. So when it flares, I know I have to practice, doesn't matter how much you know or what where you've been, we all have to deal with it. So every day during all of this, I've had my fear hooked every day. I'm not sure what, but something hooks my fear. 
and I have to breathe through it and let it subside and right size. And so that means letting in more because under our fear is the rest of life, you know? And so we have to touch into that through introspection, through listening, through talking to loved ones, through letting in beauty and art and truth, love. And that looks differently for every person. Like, what does that mean to someone listening? Well, you have to, you have to specifically say, what does that mean? Does that mean I put on my favorite record that touches my heart? Does that mean I call up my oldest friend? Does it mean I, I get down on the floor with my dog because my dog isn't a part of my fear? What can I do to feed more than my fear? If we don't do what you're saying, do you think that it will be extremely difficult for us to return to any type of, and I don't, I hate to use the word normal because I don't even know what that will look like, but if we don't learn how to ground ourselves and have those deep roots, how will we ever be able to go back into the world again? Well, I think, I think that's, that's a, a great question. And I think this is the challenge, you know, for all of us, you know, we think in the quote, more normal times that we came from, you know, all the spiritual traditions, we all say, oh, that's nice. I don't have time for it. Or, oh, that's abstract. Or that's too deep. And when something like this happens, either personally, like me almost dying from cancer or collectively with this pandemic, these are not abstractions. Now they are tools in our toolbox. Right. This is the only way we get to tomorrow. And what's what's so jarring and reminding is that all the traditions say we are each other and what happens to one happens to everyone. Well, now here we are and we walk outside. If we put on a mask, we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for everyone. When we take care of ourselves, we're taking care of everyone. You know, if in... A global, uh, in an in a individual body, all the cells matter so that they can keep the body healthy. And now in the global body, every soul matters because it contributes. And I think we won't be able, this is, you know, I, I've been, we only go out here. I'm in Michigan, only when necessary. But one of the troubling things is most people are, uh, taking this seriously, but there we encounter those who are not. Mm-hmm. We're not keeping distance. We're not wearing a mask. And it's not just uh, taking a risk for yourself. When, when people do this, you're taking a risk with everyone's well-being. And so it is important. It's very important. And I think, you know, in terms of this new normal, this also echoed my cancer journey. You know, when I got diagnosed all those years ago, I went into a doctor's office. And when I came out of that office, the door I had come through was gone. I don't mean physically gone. I mean the life that the normal that I went through when I got diagnosed, there was no normal to return to. Life had changed. And this, I think, I think has happened to all of us. Uh, we don't know what this is going to look like, but the, the life we, we all had three, four months ago is gone. And that's hard. You know, I've been spending the last several weeks uh, wrestling with that and accepting that, you know, I'm someone, one of the kind of small tribe of people who, you know, my life was, I traveled everywhere and was very at ease in the world 
um, and loved, loved being with people in person in these circles, exploring just what we're talking about. And, you know, I've been grieving that. I miss it. I'm learning how to teach online. I just uh, designed my first webinar and, um, and, you know, moving forward, learning how to find that. But we're all spinning in this. And I think we all have to have to open our hearts and to listen to each other with all the thousand feelings that are coming up as we let go of one world and make our way into the new. You know, Mark, we had been living for so long in this me, me, me world. And now we're really being reminded that we're part of something larger and that we're truly connected. As you were saying, everything each one of us does impacts another. And it always did, but we never saw it. We wouldn't pay attention to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I learned in, which is in the new book, um, and I talk about our true, there's a section in the book called Our True Inheritance. And part of our true inheritance is that, that interconnection, that kinship that we share with all of our life, and not even restricted to human life, with all life. And, you know, one of the things uh, I talk about, well, and every tradition has talked about this, and I'm just adding my own take on it, but um, what it means to be a spiritual warrior. And it seems even more important now. And so what I learned was, if you look at the word war, it goes back to an Indo-European word that means to confuse, to mix up. And so war has always resulted, and conflict and violence has always resulted from a state of confusion within us and between us. And so to be a spiritual warrior means to be devoted to the clearing up of confusion, so within us and between us, so we inhabit that kinship we're talking about, so we can remember we are each other and know that we're all, that what happens to one happens to all. So, you know, anyone who's listening, I invite you to think, if you will, for a few minutes today, is there some confusion within you and around you? that you can identify, and then what's one step you can take toward clearing up that confusion, because that will matter. Mark, uh, many people I've spoken to describe what's happening in the world today as some kind of a a correction, of bringing us back to what's really important in life. Do you share that belief? Uh, Yes, I do, and this in no way minimizes the terrible, terrible suffering and pain and loss of losing so many people, of every, of what everyone is going through. It is no one individual's fault or any, but, but we are throughout history. There have been these incidents, whether it's in an individual life or in the, in humanity as a whole that jar us back to what matters, you know, great love and great suffering have always broken us open. And it's interesting that uh, we are being challenged. You know, um, the word Sabbath literally means, in the Jewish tradition, the one day we don't turn one thing into another. And we have been forced into a global Sabbath. We have been forced to stop bending and manipulating and taking and exchanging and rushing and 
you know, we've been forced to stop and see things as they are and to stop turning one thing into another, that the miracle of life right here is sacred. One of the things that I've been very mindful of doing, because it's so easy to fall into the trap of, I'm stuck in the house, I can't see people, I'm alone, I'm afraid I'm going to get sick. It's very easy to go down that black hole. So what I've been trying to do every day is to write down all of the things for which I'm grateful for during this time. Simple things, you know, like I have enough food, we're in a, a, a warm, safe house, my children are healthy. What type of a gratitude practice do you have that may be a little bit more specific to what we're going through? Well, I think the one thing is, and, and this speaks to and what you're speaking to is, and we alluded to it earlier, but each of us has to develop a practice of letting in what is difficult and going further and letting in all that is okay and all that is beautiful and truthful and loving, not turning from the difficult, you know, not like, oh, I'm sad, cheer me up, but enlarging our heart so that all of it, we can hold and feel all of it so that it's right-sized. So for me, you know, one of the things I do every day, and I did this before, but it has more meaning for me now, a very simple, I do three things every day, which are like very simple rituals to start my day. I, you know, I'm a morning person. My wife's a night person, Susan. And the um, mm-hmm. first thing I do when I get up is I open the blinds, conscious that I'm letting light in. Then I take care of my dog, who I love. And then I always make coffee for Susan before she gets up so that I'm doing something for someone I love. So I let light in, I tend something living, and I do something for someone I love. And then that gives me a something large enough to hold my fear when it comes later in the day. So for anyone listening, you know, those are just examples. You certainly don't, you know, uh, I offer examples, not instructions. And, uh, but what, what's one or two things that you can do every day, whether it's the beginning of the day or during the day that are, that, that can be a personal ritual that helps you give context because as terrible as, this pandemic is the rest of life is still going on Mm -hmm. the rest of life is still a miracle you know i was very struck as i've been reflecting on this that somewhere you know months ago right somewhere in china under all the noise under all of our rushing and going and feeling like we're behind and we got to get ahead and under the fabric of everything very quiet silently at a microscopic level one atom shifted in its relationship to the atoms around it and this virus was born and it's been speeding around the planet well we need to open our hearts so that love can move as quickly as disease so that give can move as quickly as take so that light and love can move as as fast as everything uh, as the suffering that's happening and the only way we can do that is by renewing the truth that we are each other. We are connected. When you step back, and I'm listening to the words that you're saying, and I just keep getting this feeling, if we would allow it, we could see at a time like this that everyone in the world, we're we're all experiencing 
the same emotions, the same fear, the same, we, we have a common goal. And I, I just hope that it could stay this way moving forward, that we could be united. Well, you're right. And, and this happens, Joan, I think throughout, this is part of the, uh, I go back again to my cancer journey. You know, I was never so alive and uh, clear as when I was facing death. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, the challenge was, um, how do I stay that alive and open when the emergency has passed? Right. How do I do that? And that's why we have a relationship. That's why we have spiritual practice. It, whatever, it doesn't matter what, what form of spirit you are devoted to, you know, I mean, you could be an atheist and still practice this this reverence for life, you know. But that's the thing is once we're open, how do we stay open and keep this deep connection of life alive before us? How do you, how do we teach it to our children, you know? And I feel very much for, you know, the generation of young people who are graduating. This is going to define their generation just the way World War II defined our parents' generation, mm-hmm. just the way, you know, Vietnam defined a generation. This is, you know, going to call, as Lincoln said, on our better angels to keep that very awareness you're talking about alive. Mark, do you have any programs, in addition to your new book, do you have any programs that you're offering right now that can help our listeners get through everything we've been talking about? Oh, yes, thank you. For, thank you. And as I mentioned, I just finished designing, and it's live now to register my first webinar. And so in June, the first three Mondays of June, there will be, uh, it's all part of one webinar, three hour and a half sessions um, focused on the one life we're given, saying yes to life, and very much exploring all the things we're talking about in more depth and more detail. And to register for that, um, you simply have to go, and all the details are at live.marknepo.com, live.marknepo.com. Um, and, um, yeah, so I welcome anyone um, who's moved or interested to, to join join me on those. And as always, if our listeners would like to get more information about any of Mark's other work, you can visit marknepo.com. So live.marknepo.com or marknepo.com. Mark, in our final moments, what is the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? Oh, you know, I would like to leave with, with two small, small poems. They're very short. One is on how to face the fear, and the things that cover us. And it's called practicing, and it goes like this. As a man in his last breath drops all he is carrying, each breath is a little death that sets us free. So when I'm overcome by fear, and these poems are my teachers, I would say, I got to drop it. I can't think it out. I can't figure it out. Just drop it. Drop it and move forward with my heart. And the second is, speaks to our, our deep kinship we've been talking about. And the, this is just one stanza that goes like this. The mystery is that whoever shows up 
when we dare to give as exactly what we need hidden in their trouble. When in doubt, give, and we will discover that we are more together than alone. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. I want to leave it right there, more together than alone. I am so happy that you are here to share your wisdom with us. It is truly what we need today, and I look forward to when you can come back on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Joan. This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.